What is up, you guys? Welcome to another segment of Meninge Trois. I'm your hostess, Keeks, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up? Yo, it's Thursday. We at the end of March, y'all. It's the last week of March, and we heading into the fourth month of 2019. How y'all doing? I pray that everyone is doing great. I always feel a need. To, I always feel a need to ask everybody how they doing, cause you know sometimes you get so caught up in asking other people how they doing and looking out for other people, but you don't really have nobody ask about you and check up on you. So how are you doing? And really think about that before you respond. But I know y'all can't respond to me anyhow. But I just like to check up on you guys, cause I appreciate y'all and I love y'all. But thank you guys for tuning in. So today we are um, back with another episode in which I'll be um, talking about the value of the black dollar. Yes, this is another episode for the for the culture series. Um, so today we're going to be talking about generating wealth within the black community and the significance of the black dollar, as well as breaking down the terminology and getting you all familiar with it and understanding what it means and things like that. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into these core questions. I have six, four questions. Some of them are statements, but six things I'm going to focus on in this episode. First is talking about what is the black dollar. Secondly, I'm going to be discussing ways we can circulate the black dollar. Thirdly, I'm going to be discussing why the circulation of the black dollar within the black community is so important. Excuse me. Fourth, I'm going to be talking a little bit about some myths about black businesses. And I guess I would call them excuses that people try to formulate um, and give themselves reasons as to why they do not buy black. Fifth. Why can it be so hard for black businesses to flourish, grow, and expand? And then finally, I'm going to touch on a little bit of ways to strengthen and better navigate black buying power and generate wealth within the black community. Y'all ready? All right, let's get it. So question number one, what is the black dollar? I just want to make this, uh, this statement before I go into describing all the terminology. When I thought about the black dollar i always thought it was i always thought it pertained to cash money that is generated by black people whether that was money that we got from our jobs or that was money we got from our um our own businesses and things like that i just thought it was money that was generated by black people that's what i thought um the black dollar was you know because it's money that's coming from black people and it's dollars you know what i'm saying but Honestly, the black dollar is a little bit of that, but it goes, it has some depth to it. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you guys my definition of the black dollar. My definition of the black dollar is the movement of money that is made by black people and how that is circulated within the black community. Now, my definition is different than some other people's definitions because I've noticed in doing research on this topic the only thing that was taken into consideration the only thing I was taken into consideration when talking about the black dollar was the movement of money and how and where that money was going to the the money that was being generated by black people and where p- black people were spending their money but 
I decided to add a social responsibility or a social awareness within um, the movements of the black dollar because I feel like sometimes, you know, black people will make investments into companies or spend their money at companies that do not care about that do not care about black people and that will mistreat black people and that will practice things such as racially profiling and discrimination and things like that. So I decided to add that component to my definition, but you know, to each his own. But the next time I'm going to go ahead and define for you guys is buying power. Now, I have three definitions of buying power. Our first definition comes from dictionary.com. They actually did not have a definition for buying power. They had a definition for purchasing power, which is basically the same thing as buying power. So I'm going to go ahead and share that with you all. Dictionary.com defined purchasing power as the ability to purchase goods and services. It is the value of money in terms of what it can buy at a specified time compared to what it could buy at some period established as a base. Our second definition comes from a website called investinganswers.com. They said buying power has two meanings. One is the amount of money a person can use to invest in securities. And that can include money the investor borrows in order to buy securities. The other more common definition is the quantity of goods or services that a dollar can buy. And our final definition comes from uh, this source called the Free Dictionary Farlex. There we go. The Free Dictionary Farlex. And they define buying power as, well, they have two definitions. First definition states, the amount of liquid funds available for investing. A large amount of buying power indicates that significant funds from investors are available to fuel a bull market. The second definition states the funds in an investor's brokerage account that may be used for purchasing securities. An investor's buying power includes cash balances plus the loan value on securities held in the account. Now, I know that last definition had a lot of terminology. I know I was reading that like, what in the world? Okay, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> not an accounting major, didn't study business. So um, let's make that a little bit simple for me, please. Um, but I try to have different definitions, you know, to kind of, uh, especially have definitions that cater to the topic. So since I'm talking about money and wealth and things like that, I definitely wanted to have a business, a more economical, uh, definition. But one thing I did notice in the definitions was the words that they use, um, especially with that last one, you know, a brokerage account and investors and things like that. I feel like they're definitely speaking from a more business perspective. But um, my personal favorite was the investing answers definition, because I feel like that one's that one was more, um, I guess you can say simple. Uh, for those of us who are not familiar with those business terms. And the other thing I really appreciate about the investing answers definition was that they were saying that it's not just about the amount of money a person can have, but it's about where people choose to invest their money. What markets are people choosing to invest their money or spend their money And again, that's going back to my definition when I was saying it's about the movement of money and how that money is being used. I mean, in a sense, you know, the money is still being spent, but really paying attention to where the money is going. And then um, I also like that they added that this also includes loans. 
I don't know if you guys heard me mention that, but they said, and that can include money the investor borrows in order to buy securities. So even applying for loans and mortgages and things like that, that also contributes to your, to your buying power because you have, I mean, that's a part of what it is. Um, not just the money that you generate from working, but the amount of money that you are able to borrow and make investments, if that makes sense. So the next term I came across quite often in doing research on this topic was wealth. And I'm also going to go ahead and say that my understanding of wealth after doing research on this definitely was like, oh, well, I don't feel so smart. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and read three definitions for you guys and then uh, talk a little bit about a formula and so on and so forth. So wealth, um, the first definition I have comes from Google.com. Google.com defines wealth as an abundance of valuable possessions or money. Our second definition comes from the free dictionary Farlex, and they define wealth as the state of having strong financial resources. There is no strict definition of how much one needs to have in order to be wealthy, but in general, it refers to one with significantly more assets than liabilities and then finally our third definition comes from investopedia.com and they define wealth as or they said wealth measures the value of all assets of worth owned by a person community company or country wealth is determined by taking the total market value of all physical and intangible assets owned then subtracting all debts so that's where you kind of get at the formula to basically determine your net worth and how much wealth you have. So if you want to know this formula, um, to determine your wealth, you will basically subtract your liabilities from your assets. Your liabilities will be what you owe. They, They will be considered the things that you owe. So your student loans, your private loans, your, uh, car note, your credit card, things that, and people that you owe money to. You subtract that from your assets, and your assets will be the things that you do own. That will be your car. That could be your car. That could be um, properties. That could be houses. If you um, are into real estate, that can be land. That could be a business. That could be a multitude of things, things that you own. Now, one may go ahead and add that, you know, it could be your shoes and your clothes and things like that, but when it comes to The nitty gritty little tiny things like that, those things don't hold as much value as um, owning a car, owning a house, and owning land and owning property. You definitely know a pair of shoes don't hold the same uh, financial weight as owning a house. Definitely don't know that. I mean, we definitely do know that. Um, So I didn't see those things being considered or factored in um, so far as talking about your assets, when they were saying your assets, I more so seen a lot of um, examples or more direct responses being having houses and businesses and properties and cars and things like that. And another thing I found interesting in doing research on wealth is that your income is not your income does not determine your wealth. Because your income is, let's just say, 
when I say income, I'm talking about like if you work a job and you're you're making money from your job. Okay, especially if it's a job that you're not a business owner. This is someone else's business that you're, you know, you work at. Um, That will not be considered as a part of your wealth because that's not something that you own. At the end of the day, you are reliant upon that employer. So without them, you don't have a solid income. And at the end of the day, your money is going to stop as soon as you stop working from them, working for them. Whereas if you have your own business and you're running your own business, you know, and you have a consistent flow of money coming in, then that's bringing money into your pocket. And there's more intricate details of it all. Um, I'm definitely not hitting them all, but I'm trying to get I'm trying to hit the key points for the sake of staying on track and, you know, having a very nice, clear-cut episode. I also found this really nice article from digitbooks.com. I didn't get the title of the article. Yes, I did. It is, what is an asset? What is a liability? And I'm just going to read a couple of quotes I pulled from the article and share those with you all. First quote says, Assets are the items your company owns that can provide future economic benefit. Liabilities are what you owe to other parties. In short, assets put money in your pocket and liabilities take money out. Second quote says, assets add value to your company and increase your company's equity, while liabilities decrease your company's value and equity. The more your assets outweigh your liabilities, the stronger the financial health of your business. But if you find yourself with more liabilities than assets, you may be on the cusp of going out of business. End quote. I added those in there just to kind of give more intricate details, I guess, in describing what assets are and what liabilities are. So just to go over that again, assets will be things considered as property, real estate, vehicles, stocks, shares in a company, land, and investments. Whereas liabilities will be all of the debts that you owe, which could be a mortgage, a car note, student loans, private loans, credit card bill, etc., etc. Hello, I am sorry to interrupt this amazing episode, but let me just take one minute of your time. First and foremost, make sure you find and follow me on all of my social media accounts. You all can find and follow me at Meninjetois on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Make sure you follow your girl. Secondly, be sure to listen to my most recent episode in which I talk about cultural appropriation and explain why it's so terrible. Be sure to check that out. And then finally, make sure you all follow my podcast team at SFA Charlotte. That is S.F.A.Charlotte. We just dropped a recent episode in which we talk about the lack of support within the black community. Again, you guys can follow our podcast available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and CastBox. Be sure to follow us and tune in. Thank you for your time and thank you for supporting Meninje Trois. Okay, so now that I have defined both buying power and wealth, I'm going to go over them again just for clarification. 
Buying power is one's or a person's ability to purchase goods and services. It is also a measurement to de to determine how many and the amount of goods and services a person could purchase based on the income they generate and other things such as credit and all of that. Wealth relates to assets a person may own and or investments they may make that bring a consistent income to them. Rather than it being like a way of you constantly spending money, think of wealth being things that money, think of wealth as being money that makes money. So again, thinking of those assets, real estate, property, land, cars, um, stocks, and all that beautiful stuff. Now, when applied to the black community, again, I formulated my own definition of the black dollar. My definition of the black dollar is the movement of money that is made by black people and how that is circulated within the black community. Secondly, the black dollar is black people using their purchasing power to invest in goods and services that are owned by black people and investing in goods that are specifically created by black people and owned by black people. Notice my emphasis on ownership. If it is not black owned, then that is not circulating wealth within the black community. And that is not investing in black owned businesses. And finally, the black dollar is black people being socially conscious of where they are spending their money by specifically paying attention to the companies and corporations and businesses that they spend their money at and companies and corporations and companies and businesses that they choose to invest their money in now moving forward what does it mean to circulate the black dollar to circulate the black dollar basically means to keep wealth circulating within the hands of black investors black business owners black banks and overall keeping black dollars within the black community notice i said wealth those business, those assets that you own, that black people own, keeping those things within black hands. That's a way to circulate the black dollar. And I mean, of course, you can circulate the black dollar outside of the black community. But the primary focus of this episode is to talk about how not only to talk about what the black dollar is, but more so to talk about ways we can circulate the black dollar within the community. But pretty much to keep the black dollar in circulation is um, monitoring where the, um, the assets and such that black people are purchasing, where are those moving to? Paying attention to the movement of that wealth that is being generated within the black community. Another way to circulate the black dollar is black people using well us i want to because talk about us um when we use our buying power to support programs that are created by black people events that are hosted by black people businesses that are owned by black people investing in schools that are built and owned by black people pretty much buying black and the reason why i put so much emphasis on ownership is because in the united states of america money talks to have wealth 
is to have power. Thus, you know, having buying power. But it's very important for us to be conscious, to be aware of what our buying power means and how much we have and the impact the impact of our buying power. And the reason I put so much emphasis on um again black owned businesses is because I feel like because money talks within the United States of America being able to pay attention to where black people are spending their money I feel like that is a way I feel like um Of course, you know, you can capitalize off it by paying attention to the markets that black people are spending a lot of their money in. But I feel like in having black ownership and having so much black ownership in the means of having so many, a multitude of black owned businesses that are thriving, that are successful, that is very important because that representation is important. Being able to have a multitude of black owned businesses because... You know, again, we have we need that representation. It gives the youth something to look up to and they're able to see that they're they can be a business owner. They don't have to be this stereotype that they're always being fed in the media and in entertainment and things like that. And it also helps alleviate some of the stress of some of the black owners that may be in an area where it may be so few of them. You know, let's say if you specialize in a certain market and people may come to you saying man you know I really like this you should consider buying this and it may not be a market that you may be interested in um or maybe a market that you may not be you may not want to get into or you know it could be a multitude of reasons but I feel like in having a variation of black owned businesses and having a variety um of black owned businesses I feel like that gives people a lot of options and Of course, that alleviates some of the strain from some of the few Black-owned businesses that may exist within a certain area, but I also feel like that will will help generate wealth within the Black community because by having a multitude of these Black-owned businesses, you are able to keep money being generated within that community, and you're able to... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're able to support the black community in various ways that that exist outside of uh financial means, you know, socially, educationally, politically, and things as such. And how I'm gonna get a little bit more into them. I'm trying to talk about it without going jumping too far ahead of myself. So bear with me, you guys. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much the means of circulating the black dollar within the black community. Buying black, keeping wealth circulating within black hands, and keeping black-owned things black-owned. And black people using their buying power to support programs, initiatives, events, and businesses that are owned by black people. Next, ways to circulate the black dollar. Which I feel like I just kind of went over, but... Um, specific ways to circulate the black dollars, of course, buy black. And you could be completely radical about it and buying, uh, all of your goods 
and services from um, black owned businesses, you know, your hygiene products, hair products, clothes, shoes, toiletries, uh, your cable for your car, for everything, everywhere that you choose to spend your money, just making sure that you are spending it at a black owned business. You can do that. It's possible. Um, but another way to circulate the, uh, the black dollar within the black community is, um, supporting black owned businesses and services in ways that are outside of a financial mean. And one way you can do this is by giving your time and sharing your resources, your vendors, your distributors, and being a helping hand to your fellow black business owners. Another way you can um, support black business owners is by um, bringing other people to their business and promoting the business. Social media is a very big thing right now. Using your social media account to do a little promo. And you could do it free of charge. Like, what's up with that? You ain't gotta necessarily be looking for no uh no um no income. And I feel like sometimes people will will not help someone because they always expecting something in return. But I'm gonna get into that a little bit later. It's coming, know that for sure. Um, another way to support, or I'm sorry, another way to circulate the black dollar is by black people using the wealth that they gained from their investments to give back to the black community. And you can give back in various ways. Um, you can invest in black schools, you can fund programs that are specifically for black students, black youth, black adults, you know, it can be a recreational facility for the kids, it can be an art center, it can be a paint and sip for adults, it can be an open mic, um, basically giving back to the black community in ways that you see fit. Paying attention to something that you feel that we need and being able to create that within the community and for the community. Next question. Why is the circulation of the black dollar within the black community so important? As I said before, because money talks in the United States. And with that being said, I believe buying power has such a great influence in the financial market, especially when it comes to these businesses and corporations. When you are able to, especially if you are an influencer and you are able to influence people to navigate their money to a specific market, oh, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> if you are an influencer, you are able to um, motivate people to navigate their money into a specific market and um, influence people in that way, that's very powerful and that's very impactful. And when money shifts, trust me, it, it, it shakes things up, especially in America. When money, especially if it's a booming market that, let's say, for example, it's a booming market that black people may be spending a lot of money in, but some reason they're not spending all that money or as much money in that market. Oh, questions are going to be asked and surveys are going to be taken and they're going to be trying to figure out, wait, 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 what's, what's going on here? Why are they not like people are paying attention to this stuff. Um, and I do feel like black people do spend a lot of money 
But I feel like sometimes we will continuously spend our money at services and stores that do not appreciate us, that do not care about us, that do not like us, they mistreat us, they discriminate against us, they racial profile all the all of the time. And I feel like, well, I know we don't have to tolerate that treatment, but this isn't, this is why the circulation of the black dollar within the black community is so important because, you know, people, when you shop at businesses that are not black owned, that money, even if they, if, even if they sell products that are catered to the black community, that money they making, they not giving that back to the community. They taking that, they taking that money and they putting it back in their community and they're building more programs and businesses for their community so they can continue to take our money and put it elsewhere but that's not coming back to us they just providing a service for us but they just taking our money and that's it they're not going to invest in programs to give back to the community because they don't care about the black community this is why the circulation of the black dollar within the black community is so important because when the black dollar goes outside of the black community um it's not coming back at all. They're just coming to take, 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 take. And I came across this article, uh, Race Ahead, the Nielsen Report puts black buying power at 1.2 trillion. Yes, 1.2 trillion. So there's a report that is done annually and it pretty much tracks the amount of money that each ethnic group spends i'm pretty sure i think they do more um studies and things like that too but i came across this article because you know i was trying to see okay well where is it that black people spend their money and they had a report that they did last year and i have a table and everything or an image that i got from the report but i just have this excerpt that i want to go ahead and share with you all what's up y'all I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to take a minute of your time. Are you based in Charlotte? Are you looking for dessert catering for a party, an event, or even a late night snack? I know I have just what you need. One name at MoMated underscore desserts. What better way to satisfy your sweet craving and get lit than with some Hennessy cupcakes? Got a sweet tooth? She has anything and everything you need. Y'all, I'm talking cupcakes, cakes, chocolate-covered strawberries, chocolate-covered pretzels, cake pops, brownies, cupcake jars. You name it, she got it. And she does custom orders. And she's super affordable. I can guarantee your taste buds will be satisfied. Make sure y'all follow my show me on Instagram at MoMadeIt underscore desserts. That is at M-O-M-A-D-E-I-T underscore desserts. Go to her for all of your baked goods needs. Oh, and one more thing. Tell her Keek sent you. It says in the report, black dollars matter. The sales impact of black consumers. The message is clear. While African-Americans make up just 14% of the population. I don't know where they pulled that, that number from because it has to be more than that. If it's not, I'm very surprised. We are responsible for some $1.2 trillion in purchases annually. 
Further, consumers of color are showing an outsized influence in several key consumer categories and are increasingly demanding that businesses do and be better. In some cases, black consumers make up over 50% of overall spending, such as the category of dry grains and vegetables. But other categories are standouts as well, like baby food at 42.76%, personal soap and bath needs at 41.64%, and air fresheners and deodorizers at 38.29%, end quote. $1.2 trillion. Y'all know how many zeros that is? Three, six, nine, twelve. I think trillion comes after a billion, right? Yeah, that's about that's about 15 zeros. Point is, that's a lot of money. Imagine if we were putting all of that money into Black-owned businesses and we kept that money being circulated within the Black community. We could change our community so much. I'm telling you, money talks in the United States. Now, I would open a can of worms and talking about how people are going to get pissed off and they're going to be trying to knock us down and everything. But you know what? I'm not going to even go down that route because that's a whole nother conversation. And that would be a much longer episode, but I'm not going to do that. Point being is that we spend one point two trillion dollars. That was last year. And think about the cost of living of how that increases in um, with the education within the black community rising so much. There are so many people graduating from college, college. This means they are graduated from high school. Like uh, it wasn't too many generations ago where that many people were black, were that many black people were graduating from high school even. So many of us are graduating from college, which that alone means there's an expected um, increase of income that is being generated. Now, whether it's truth in that, again, that's a whole other conversation. But imagine if we put all that money in Black-owned businesses, y'all. We would be effing stuff up in a great way. So if we better navigate where we are spending our money, by specifically putting all of this money that we spend into Black-owned businesses, this will help grow the Black community in a multitude of ways. And this would help unite us overall. Just think about it. You put so much money into the Black-owned businesses, now you got more businesses opening up within the community. That within itself means more jobs within the community. That within itself also means more money is being generated within black families. That within itself also means that there are now um there are now more services and goods that are being uh that are populating within the community. So now you have economic growth, you have financial growth, and then think about the relationships. Now you got black people networking, collaborating, co-hosting. Bruh, I'm telling y'all. If we better navigate where we spend our money, this will do so much for the black community. It will help create jobs within the black community. It will make sh- it will make sure that um Things are being given back to the black community. 
it would keep that money circulating within the black community. And it will help strengthen relationships within a, within the black community and unite us overall. I really do believe that that will happen if we really do better navigate, if we do choose to um, better navigate where we spend our money. Now, the next thing I want to talk about are myths about black owned businesses. There were three uh, main myths that I came across and that I was also thinking about. Um, when I was thinking about myths about black owned businesses that people have, and this is pretty much, I mean, you could call them myths, but I will also add that there are sometimes excuses people make for not buying black. So the three myths I have as to why people don't buy black or, well, yeah, yeah. The three myths I have as to why people don't buy black would be a lack of professionalism, them being too expensive and them being too much of an inconvenience. Now, to get at the first one, I talk about a lack of professionalism. I'm talking about people saying how they've had bad customer service experiences, which I can also attribute to this because I I have had my own fair share of bad customer service experiences at Black-owned businesses. And it definitely does make it very hard for you to be like, okay, you know, let's try this again. But I had a conversation with my brother Kalen last week and he was basically saying how, you know, when you shop at various places, you're going to have a bad customer experience. So I can tell you right now, it's one company right now that's pissing me off. Y'all, I'm ready to fight. Um, <laughs> no, but basically you're going to have a bad customer experience everywhere that you shop. You know, there's times where you go to a restaurant, they get your order wrong. You go to a place and the customer service is just terrible. They got attitudes. They could be on their phones. Um, You get racially profiled. That's terrible customer service. But it happens. And guess what? No matter how many times it happens, guess what? We still go back. So that whole thing about the lack of professionalism I feel like that's one excuse people try to make about, you know, or one excuse people try to make as to why they don't buy black because, you know, oh, they had an attitude and they were very unprofessional and I didn't like the way they were treating me and things like that. I feel like if you hear anybody say they'd be like, what about the time you got racially profiled, bro? What was the last time you went back? And sometimes people be like, I didn't go back, which that happens, you know, and I totally understand that because it's like, if you get racially profiled, I wouldn't want to go back either. Um... But the point I'm making is that sometimes we will continuously go back to businesses that will be so blatant in how they mistreat us. And some of them will be so open and saying that they're racist. You will hear about the CEOs being racist and doing racist things. A manager doing racist things. Bruh. Bruh. Don't use that as an excuse to not buy black. Second one, them being too expensive. I can also understand this because, again, I've had my fair share of experiences of going to Black-owned businesses and looking at the price tag like, oh, sis, I cannot do it. I am so sorry. This is beautiful, but baby girl, girl, I don't got it. You have, what? where's the clearance? (laughs) Um, Which, again, I feel like, you know, there's reasons behind this. One of them being that whenever it comes to art and When I talk about art, I mean fashion, because, you know, I've seen a multitude of boutiques pop up, especially where I'm from. Milwaukee has been so many boutiques popping up uh, 
where my mom stays. Um, art comes in various forms. It can be um, fashion, music, paintings, drawings, you know, other than that stuff. I mean, in addition to that stuff. I feel like sometimes people don't take into consideration, especially if you are not, if you don't specialize in that particular market, you're not thinking about the labor that goes into that process. Of any type of business, there's always labor. When it comes to fashion and people are selling clothes, sometimes people not making the stuff they sell. I can be, especially, you know, nowadays, bruh, everybody on Instagram got a store, but that's cool. But I'm just saying, um, sometimes people, it's not even something, forget that. People have to make money. How are you expecting for people's businesses to be successful if they always giving you a discount and if everything is so cheap? These, even for the businesses that prices where their um the prices for their goods are really cheap, they're buying those goods at an even cheaper price because they're taking advantage of people who are actually making those things and they're underpaying them. They're paying them like $2 for doing 12 hours of work. And if you don't believe me, trust me, do your research on some of the very popular stores that you hear about. Mm. So the point I'm trying to get is that people got to make money off. And I do understand that sometimes it, it can be a bit expensive. And if that's the case, go to clearance. Um, but I also feel like sometimes you have to be willing to make that investment. And this is why if we continue to spend and buy black, the prices won't always be so expensive because when you have a store, say if you're the first, this is your first store, and you have an actual store, you have to pay rent, you have to pay for lights, you have to pay for heat. You know, you have to pay for all these things to try to help your customers be comfortable. Now, if you have an online store, that's different. But I'm just saying I want people to take these things into consideration because they like their price is too high. Well, think about where the store is located, the size of the space. You really have to think about it in a business perspective. And when you are first starting out any business that you have, sometimes or most of the time you are making those orders by order you're not mass producing these things you're only making them depending on how many times people order them you may only have one purchase every month so you're not about to sit up here and make five or ten things if you only get one customer and of course the prices are going to be high because again people have to make sure that they pay their bills they have to pay for their product and they they have to be able to make a profit out of this stuff Especially if they're making it from scratch, they got to pay for the resources. You got to think, factor in the labor that goes into it, factor in the time that goes into it, factor in how much the resources cost because you don't know and you don't know where they could be getting them from. Like, there's just a lot of things you guys have to think about. And if we continue to buy black and you shop at these stores so much and they get so if they get a lot of business especially if you're promoting them and not even just you it has to be a group thing 
if they're getting a lot of business from a lot of people, you will see that growth expand over time. Think of super. When the business grows massively, then they're able to give you more discounts. Then they're able to lower their prices because it's like, okay, now we have a mass distribution of this stuff. It's not made by order. I'm not making it by order. I'm mass producing it so I can go ahead, cut the price and give you a discount now. Just something to think about. Final myth. Black businesses being too much of an inconvenience. And pretty much when I say this, I'm just thinking of or clumping together any other inconvenience that uh, people may try to use. It can be a, um, a financial inconvenience. It could be a proximity inconvenience. You know, it may require you to go out of your way a bit. It may be a shipping and handling inconvenience. You don't want to pay that much for shipping and handling. Or it could be one of those things where it's like, dang, I really want to shop with you. But there's this store literally right across the street from my house or right around the corner. And it's much easier for me to just get it from them rather than buy it from you, then wait a few days to get it. I feel like if you're really radical about it and if you're really that serious, you would be willing to inconvenience yourself and take the time to um, make that fit into your schedule. But that's if you're really radical about it and if you're really, really, I guess it depends on how serious you are about it. But pretty much... What I want to say about myths about black businesses is that people need to give black business owners a chance and not expect them to be perfect all the time. And again, this is something that my brother Kaylin has said in a conversation we was having last week. People put so much pressure on black business owners that they expect them to be perfect. So it's like if you expect them to be perfect, then where's the room for them to improve and where's the room for them to grow? If they're perfect right off the bat. If you do have an experience where you are experiencing or receiving bad customer service, okay, talk to the business owner, talk to the manager, let them know, and that person will get reprimanded. Because at the end of the day, they value your business and they want you to shop with them. But if you're just going out, you're not even talking to nobody, you just bad-mouthing the business and you telling everybody that you know never shop with them because they're terrible and all it is, like, you're not even giving them a chance, but you still going to go to that store that racially profile you as soon as you walk through the door? Come on, bro. Be real. Moving forward. Next point. Why can't it be so hard for black businesses to grow, flourish, and expand? For this point, I have three. Free. What? I have four key reasons uh, as to why it can be so hard for black businesses to grow, flourish, and expand. First one is competition. There's this idea, it's unhealthy competition, let me say that. There's this idea that a lot of people have that, you know, when it comes to helping other people and supporting other people, they feel like, oh, no, I'm not going to help them or support them because, you know, that's going to be taking money out of my pocket. That's going to be taken away from me if I help them and if I support them. Few things wrong with that. First of all, that's selfish. Second of all, why would you want to carry that burden of being the only one to provide everything for people? There's enough food. There's enough for everybody to eat. It don't have to be like this. And three, the power of collaboration. You don't have to compete, collaborate. And it could be one of those things to where somebody could be specializing in a business that even it could even be a business that you're specializing in. And you may feel like, oh, no, I'm not going to help them because that's going to be taking money out of my pocket. Still go ahead and 
promote that business because at the end of the day, that person may offer something unique to a customer or you just never know. But I feel like people have this old whole idea that they don't want to help somebody else because they feel like it's going to take away from them. And I feel like that's a divide and conquer tactic. Why can't you support your fellow brother and or sister and or how they choose to identify? Um, and that's very selfish. Another reason why I feel like people um, feel like there's this need for competition and why people are of uh why people don't help and or support black businesses is because of fear i feel like people are afraid of helping other people because maybe fear is not the right word i feel like there's accountability that comes into play because sometimes it's one of those things to where it's like you will see somebody getting on their stuff and taking care of business And doing what they, doing them the best way they can. And they'll be like, it'll just be one of those moments where you'd be like, damn, that's supposed to be me. That should have been me. I'm supposed to be on my shit. I'm supposed to be starting a business. I'm supposed to be running my business. Damn, if I would have hopped on it, I could have been here. And you just start, you, you have this reflective moment where you start feeling like, damn, that's supposed to be me. And you That turns into, oh, no, I'm not going to help this person because that's supposed to be me. So let me not help them out of envy. I honestly feel like that's a big reason as to why some people won't support Black-owned businesses. Because of envy. And I could be completely honest in saying that I've even had an experience like this where it's like, I've seen somebody, I'm like, damn, they literally doing everything I said I wanted to do. Damn, I feel like shit. And I'll just start beating up on myself like, dang, like, what was I doing? Why didn't I, man, keep, man. Like, I start feeling like crap. But. I had a reflective moment and I honestly believe that when God has something in store for you, can't nobody take that away from you, period. That's yours. The only person that can take that away from you is you. And you're the only person holding yourself back. You can still follow that dream. You can still start that business and still work towards that and build your brand and all of that. But you have to start. You can't get mad at someone else because they started and you didn't. And I don't feel like you should take that on a you should take that out on them and not promote their businesses, not support them because you're not on your shit. Childish Gambino said the best. Don't be mad at me because I'm doing you better than you doing you. Don't be mad at them because they doing them better than you doing you. I feel like people don't like to hold themselves accountable and people don't like to confront that. People don't like that feeling and you feel it anyway. Cause even if you're not supporting them, what, guess what they still going to be doing? Running that business, doing a promo, creating more products and things like that. They going to continue to do them at the end of the day. But I'm just saying by not supporting your fellow brother and or sister, 
you're not that's not showing love and at the same time i feel like that's doing more harm and causing more division within the black community and we don't need any more of that i feel like we are there there's more ways to try to keep us divided in various areas so why even allow that why even feed on that envy it's unhealthy we eat more when we collaborate the power of collaboration is real and don't be afraid to support each other it's okay it is okay the next key reason I have for uh, as to why it can be so hard for black businesses to grow, flourish, and expand is people being really hard and really strict on black businesses. And that pretty much gets at everything I was saying in the previous uh, question when I was talking about myths and when I was talking about how my brother Kalen was talking about how pretty much people would have one bad experience with a black o- with a black owned business and uh, let that ruin it for them for the rest of their life. Whereas they'll continue to shop at these other non-black owned businesses and continuously get racially profiled, but continue to shop with them, even though you've had this poor or terrible experience. Um, and because I said all that, I'm not going to even go ahead and, you know, repeat that. Next major reason I have is it being too much of an inconvenience. Again, pretty much everything I was saying before, the financial inconvenience, the proximity inconvenience, some sort of it being some sort of extra step that you're not willing to take. And if you wanted to buy black, I believe that you would. But there's reasons why people do not. There's various reasons why people do not. Um, I listed some, but there's many more. Another reason why it's hard or it can be hard for black businesses to grow, flourish, and be successful is due to the lack of support. Now, when I say support, I mean support in the sense that you are supporting someone in their business without expecting anything in return. Because I feel like sometimes people would do things and always expect something in return without doing something out of the kindness of your heart. It's okay to be a blessing to someone else. You don't always have to expect something in return. And um, when I say fine, when I say support, I mean, being able to support black owned businesses financially, socially um emotionally spiritually mentally in every way possible being able to help contribute to the growth of this or those black owned businesses helping them get a consistent customer base um helping them get more customers overall um and things like that now that's support in a sense that that's the support that they're not receiving from, I guess that's not support that they're receiving from the outside. Now, when it comes to support within the inside, because I do feel like you also need support within your inner circle and your inner group, I feel like this can also be a reason as to why some black businesses do not succeed because there's a... Uh, a lack of support from within. And again, that can be financially, socially, professionally, um, emotionally, spiritually, in all ways possible. 
But other ways that black business black businesses lack support is not being able to maintain their businesses. And I feel like that's again that's very broad, but if your family, if you don't come from a family that has a lineage of business owners and you're that first business owner, it is going to be very challenging for you because you have to be that person to learn everything on your own. You have to be that person to go out and get it by yourself. You have to be the one to do the research and educate and educate yourself and really build your business from the ground up. When it comes to other um, racial and ethnic groups that has a lineage of businesses and not even just businesses that has a lineage of wealth things that have been passed down for generations they inherited generational wealth they don't have to do take the time to do research and basically build their businesses from the ground up like you may do because it was given to them it was something that was passed down and this is again why it's very important for wealth to be generated to not only be generated within the black community but to keep wealth within the black community so we can have generational wealth and have something to pass down to our kids and have something to pass down to our families other than expensive clothes and in addition to expensive cars you know cars are nice and all but i'm just saying houses can last so much longer land bruh you can do so much with land you have options you want to build a business do you what what do you want to do um, and those things hold more value. But not being able to have support from within, again, you know, that can be a multitude of things, especially if you're the first business owner within your family. And it can be as simple as not having someone, not having good mentorship, because that's very important in having a successful business. At least I think so. If you have no clue how to run a business, I definitely I definitely feel like it's great to have someone who is a who is a successful business owner be able to coach you through the process. Um and tell you how to not only run your business but have cohesive relationships within your employers, I mean your employees, being able to um save money and uh know what distributors to go to to save money and you know basically show you how to run a business I feel like that does that is something that is lacking within a black community because again we didn't we don't always inherit generational wealth because again you know given the the history black Americans have within America we weren't even allowed food land we weren't even allowed to we weren't even seen as people as human beings so no we did not inherit generational wealth because damn it we didn't even have a house to call home we was given a shack that we built out of you know whatever scraps we could find and that was it but i digress um and I feel like that was pretty much the the very good broad stroke of it. But there's a very great explanation that gets at the root of this and why this exists. And I'm not going to even tell you guys. 
because we discuss it in our recent episode, SFA Charlotte. Our most recent episode we uh, we just released called Supporting the Black Community. Be sure to check that out. We talk about um, the root as to why there is this lack of support within the black community. So make sure y'all check that out for greater details and um, a more in-depth context as to why there is a lack of support within the black community. Final point I have is... Ways to strengthen and better navigate our buying power and generate wealth within the black community. So first and foremost, things that are black owned, keep them black owned. So we can have generational wealth and have things to pass down to our children. Um, being able, not being able, making sure that we support our black business owners and our black owned businesses. Invest in them. Support them. Help them and assist them by any means necessary. And making sure that we are being uh, responsible and aware of where we are investing our money. Are we investing our money into businesses that don't care about Black-owned businesses and things like that? I also wanted to share this article I found on Black Enterprise. It's called Wealth 101. Black buying power is not a measure of real wealth. So I just had a few um, quotes from the article and a few paraphrase statements that I'm going to go ahead and share with you all. First, black buying power related to the growth of black owned businesses and an increase in the education of black people. Because the more education that a person receives basically means you have a higher expected income. People have been confused into thinking that your wealth is determined by how much you spend. Probably because people think that with the more money you have, you can spend more money, which essentially you can. However, being able to spend more money does not mean you are wealthy. And this is a direct this is a direct quote from the article. Wealth is not what you make, but what you keep. So buying power, by definition, cannot be wealth because you no longer have it. You have exchanged it for goods and services. End quote. Wealth relates um, wealth relates to being able to keep making money rather than a constant get money and spend it. You want to invest your money into something that will keep making money. Thus, meaning you won't have to always spend your money on day to day things that we spend our money on. Wealth is not determined by your income, but your net worth. And that's pretty much. Oh, no. One more. Sorry. Your income is not considered wealth or not attributed to your wealth because that is not something that can be passed down as inheritance to your family and or children. Then that's all that I have from the article. I hope that all of this has moved you in some way and maybe even made you feel uncomfortable. It probably pissed you off a little bit because you might feel like, dang, why is she coming at me so hard? Trust me, I felt the exact same way in doing all this research. I felt very, very bad. Um, But... Being able to be aware, being aware of your buying power. Now that you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy black? Where are you going to make investments? Are you going to make investments? Are you going to invest in um, obtaining more assets or 
are you going to attribute to your liabilities? How will you generate generational wealth today? Think about that. Thank you guys for tuning in, for coming in to get these spiritual vibrations for your mental stimulation. Y'all have been a phenomenal audience. I would like to thank you guys for your time and thanking you. I will thanking you. What? I would like to thank you for tuning in with me. I have been your hostess Keeks and you have been listening to another segment of Meninge Trois.